Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Central Rev podcast here through CM Life Podcasts. My name is Katie Ellison, um, and I am the president of Central Votes, and voting is kind of my thing. So I'm back with another episode. I'm joined by another lovely guest this week um, talking about how voting is really directly tied to Central Michigan University with some of our projects we've worked on this year, like 10 Tuesdays, where we have posters going up and messages being sent out by ResLife. Um, staff members every single week because there's 10 Tuesdays from the beginning of the semester up until election day. We've not received pushback, but just some questions that are natural to come up around why voting is something we focus on so much. In the last episode, if you caught that one with my guest Evan Carlson, we talked about why the youth vote is so important in the first place and the power behind it. So that's sort of one piece of the puzzle. But with that, why is it something that we here at CMU are focusing on so much and tying in so directly to things like orientation, leadership safari, impact, as well as residence life. So without further ado, my guest this week is my friend, Tori McDonald. Hi. <laughs> she is um, new to the podcast world. Welcome. Happy to have Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. But she is... Um, the secretary for Central Votes, so she is very involved in our organization. If you ever catch an email from Central Votes, it's probably from her. Um, but on top of that, Tori, do you just want to tell um, any listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, maybe your involvements on top of being our secretary? Yeah, for sure. So as Katie said, I am the secretary for Central Votes, and this is my first year doing it, so I'm kind of new, but I'm so ready to jump in, you know, longtime voter here. So it, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Um, but a little bit more about me. I'm a junior here. Um, I'm studying English education, and I'm also a peer mentor for the Public Service Residential College. So I get to work a lot with um, students here uh, that come from diverse backgrounds because that's really what the PSRC is about. So um, I am pretty involved with the university overall, I would say. Absolutely. I think you are an overachiever in like the best way where it's a super well-rounded way where you're like, super involved in your field of study and super involved in another extracurricular and super involved in your community. And it's like, we love to see it. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. absolutely. We're starting this podcast out with like the most positive energy <laughs> and it's just going to continue because this is going to be the best episode ever. So without further ado, um, this is who we are and this is sort of the topic of the podcast. Normally I circle it around a question that I'm seeking to answer with my guest um, related to voting. And this one is so sort of more of like a what are the 411 breakdown basic voting info that um, CMU students need to know? What do they need to know? We're in the sort of last mile here before the election on November 8th. And so it is really go time. If you know any activists in this space, we are a little burnt out, but we can see the finish line. We can see election day coming. Um, so I want to highlight a bunch of deadlines at the top of this episode just for anybody listening who maybe is not super familiar with voting or with this podcast and everything we talk about. Um, sometimes we get a little, we talk about higher level concepts, which is super cool, um, sort of about the more philosophical side of voting um, and all the power that comes behind it. But like sometimes you need to break it down and be like, these are the deadlines that you really need to know. Um, and maybe some misinformation you've heard around deadlines. We're hoping to hammer those home today that they are not true. These are the real true deadlines from the um, government website. So you hopefully can trust us as a really good source of information. So with that being said, I guess one thing I want to ask for a story. Welcome to the podcast again. Um, you said you're a longtime voter, lifelong voter. 
Um, what was the first election you voted in and how did you vote in it? Oh, if gosh. you remember. It was <laughs> my first local election. So um, my birthday is in December. I would have turned 18 that December. So whatever election came after that. Mm-hmm. But I registered that day. I walked into my um, town, like courthouse, wherever you call City it. City clerk's office. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> I walked in and I was like, I want to register. And so they got me all registered. I, um, first of all, my pro tip. Come prepared with your social security number. Yeah. I was not. And so I had to, you know, ask my mom. But, um, yeah, I got registered right then and I voted. It took, like, max 20 minutes. So it was super easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's really funny. Like, I remember I registered online in, like, a club meeting my freshman year of college. And, like, what is it? Must have been, like, late 2019, early 2020, maybe? Late late 2019. Um, in the fall, I remember it was really cool outside of circuit. And I was like, there's a picture of me somewhere on the internet of me in an Anspach classroom and like a winter jacket holding up my phone with the Michigan like a slash boat website that said like you're registered and I'm like yay I did it two thumbs up um but I took a really long time to register because I I didn't have a driver's license and I was like oh because I can't register and like some of my friends were like what are you talking about like you have a state ID in your wallet that I'm looking at right now so one that's one misconception um that you don't need a driver's license you just need some form of ID um, as well as on election day, we'll talk about the ID requirements to actually vote. Um, fun fact in Michigan, it is not required to vote, but I'll elaborate on that a little bit once we get to it. Um, but with my voting story, the first time I voted, um, I think it was in the 2020 primary. It must have been. And I remember I went home with my mom to the city clerk's office as well. And I, <laughs> I like had no clue what I was doing, but I was going to vote absentee. Um, so I like went there, picked up my absentee ballot filled it out at the city clerk's office and handed it right back in. And I was like, this seems like a very abnormal way to vote for the first time, like just in an empty clerk's office on like a Monday at like 10 a.m. Like what is going on? But I think that's something we're going to talk about is all the different ways you can vote in this episode as well. But thank you for sharing the different ways you voted. Are you fired up for this election? Obviously. I'm so excited. <laughs> I have my plan to go home and vote, so yes, I'm ready. I know. I need to fill out my absentee ballot really soon. Um, I have it. It's sitting there on my counter, and I'm like, I really need to just, like, sit down and fill it out. That's okay, because guess what? You still have time. <laughs> you still have time. <laughs> that being said, speaking into the time you do have, I want to highlight some really election overview deadlines. Sorry if this content is, like, boring, whatever, you already know it. If you do, great. That's the whole point of podcasts like this and any of the central votes, central civics, any voting messaging you get, even if it's from the coalition, or your RA if you live on campus with 10 Tuesdays, you might be overwhelmed with all this voting information, but hopefully you're remembering and retaining some of it, or at the very least, you know where to find it if you forget. So hopefully this can be one of those places. All of that being said, so much preface to say, voter registration deadlines in Michigan. You can register to vote up until election day. So on Tuesday, November 8th, if you want to vote and you are not registered, you can vote the very same day as like the last day to vote, which is election day. That's something that I think a lot of people forget about. Obviously, um, there's a bit of, it's a bit more difficult to register in person with your city clerk, especially if it's on election day, there might be a little bit of a wait of other people that maybe forgot or if it slipped through the cracks. So while Michigan is a same day voter registration rate, registration state, which we love and appreciate, right? Yay, oh my gosh, fire up. (laughs) Only one of about 13 states in this um, country where you're able to do that. So it's a super great tool, but we at Central Votes and in general, pretty much anybody you talk to will say, please do not leave it until the last minute. 
even don't do what I did where I waited until almost the last day to register online. You're hearing this now. Here are please register to vote online right now. It's a lot easier for everybody involved, including yourself. Yeah, I do have to say I did register in person, but like the first day of like elections or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I live in a very, very small town. There were about five people in that (laughs) office and I was very lucky. Like I was able to get in there and get registered. But um, definitely if you live in a bigger area or you just like you're anxious about like, oh, will it get done in time? I would definitely recommend not waiting until you know mm-hmm. you're in person. And with like what you mentioned earlier with the social security, I didn't know my yeah. social security number either. So when I was doing it online, I was able to text my mom and be like, close the tab, right? Open up my messages and be like, mom, can you call me really quick? <laughs> I don't know the last couple digits. And so she could just send them my way there versus like, it can be a little bit more high stress, especially if you're waiting until one of the last days, you're doing it in person, there's a line. And then if you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot my number. I forgot my ID. It's just a lot more high stress to wait until November 8th, but you can still do it. And please, if you want to vote and it's only a couple days before election day, do not hesitate to go in person to your city clerk. They're there to help you. And I would agree if you're from a smaller town, I'm from Midland, which is still a bit more of like a city. Um, Right in the it's right in our downtown is where my city clerk's office is located. Um, I didn't even have to wait that long. So unless you're in a really, really big city and waiting until the last minute, the online deadline is Monday, October 24th. So I'm going to say that one more time. The online voter registration deadline in the state of Michigan is Monday, October 24th. It's the last day to register online. It's the easiest way to do it. And that's also the last day. A lot of people forget about this, too. That's the last day, October 24th, that Monday, to um, mail in your voter registration. So you can also print off the form, fill it out by hand, and mail it in to your local clerk. And as long as that's postmarked by Monday, October 24th, you should also be good to register as well. So all of that to say, online is the easiest. <laughs> it's the quickest. It's probably the least painful. Um, but don't let, I, don't let anyone tell you, and especially I've seen a lot of information going around, misinformation um, from well-intentioned folks saying, register by October 24th. Like, yes, you probably should do it before then. But that does not mean you cannot after the 24th. You can up until election day. Do you have any thoughts on registering to vote? Do you think, obviously you said it wasn't a super painful process. Um, were you, I know I was, were you a little bit like nervous to register to vote? Or were you one of those people where like as soon as you turned, right, 17 and a half or 18, you were like, I am on it. I'm registering immediately. Yeah, so I... Um, I don't know why I was just like, yeah, I'm 18, I'm going to vote. Yeah. Like, I just was like, I don't, it, that's what it was for me. Like, it didn't even, like, hurt, like occur to me that, like, I wasn't going to vote. Yeah. So, yeah, like, basically, yeah, the first election after I turned 18, I went in there and registered. So, yeah. You're better than I am. I just kept, right, and it sounds hilarious for me saying that as someone that literally hosts a voting podcast <laughs> now. My freshman year, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. I'll register really soon. Like, I'll totally do it. And I just kept pushing it off. And everyone around me, a lot of my friends at the time were voting advocates, and they were like, Katie, like, it will take you five minutes. Like, <laughs> literally do it right now. Why would you not? So eventually they, I did. And I was like, oh, that was actually, like, so simple. And they were mm-hmm. yes. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> so that's something really important to know. Um, sort of building on registration reminders, if you register after the 14th day before an election, so that's sort of why we say online October 24th, that's 14 days before the election, including on election day, it's important to note that if you're going in person to your city clerks, you have to provide a proof of residence. And so 
that is sort of another burden that can be attached to waiting to register to vote. Again, not saying you shouldn't do it, but having to bring some sort of proof of residence can be maybe something, again, that you don't think of and you just show up to your city clerk with your state ID, your social security number, you're like, I have everything. At that point, you also need a proof of residence. So a digital copy, copy of a document like that may be used as well. So there's a ton of things you can bring. So do not think like you need like the deed to your house or something like especially for all of us living in dorms or apartments moving pretty much every year or maybe even more than that. Like I promise you um, even just pulling up Central Link and showing your name and your on-campus address, even like a web page on our university portal somewhere, financial aid documents, any registration forms when you registered for classes or registered to live here on campus. And then again, that's where like your driver's license or state ID card that would say that. Things even like a current utility bill, a bank statement, even a paycheck or a government check that would have your address on it, really any other government documents, make sure you bring that if you are registering in person with your clerk after the 24th in that 14 day window before the election. I know for me, I'm like, I guess I would pull up my central link because I'm like, I don't really get anything mailed to my apartment. Do you get anything mailed? Uh, no, it's way too complicated. I don't like it. I just get it mailed home. So. <laughs> so that's another reason why we're like, look, I promise you we don't want to over, we don't want to dramatize. It's I promise it's really not that painful to wait and do it in person. But yeah. And don't forget that your address is on your uh, driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. So just make sure you just have some proof of residence. Um, but that's just the only other thing that's required other than right showing up in person. So that really covers everything I, we really wanted to highlight with registration. Do you have any other points when it comes to voter registration you want to touch on? No, I mean, just kind of to like overview what we were talking about. Um, I know it can be scary because you're just like, I'm walking in into a room of strangers. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. But like people will help you. The mm-hmm. people who like are there want you to vote. That's why they're yeah. there. So they will be nice to you. Um, don't be scared. Yeah. I think it's a good, <laughs> good advice. Yeah, I think if anything, like city clerks might come off a little stressed or frazzled right now but like again so well if you see me on the street i will look that same way it is almost election day we're we're all a little pushed to the edge but i promise yeah they're there to help you and a lot of them um have been doing their city clerk positions for like their in like decades as most clerks so it's like this is their nine to five this is what they're doing all of the time this is their passion like they're really lovely people. And even if you don't work directly with your clerk, just somebody that works there, I promise you, like, they're all really nice people. I think that's a good note to end on with registration. Like, do not be afraid. Do not be daunted um, or afraid by any of that information. So with that being said, we want to also highlight absentee ballot deadlines. Most of our students, we know, vote absentee. I think I've only ever voted in person on election day once. For like a primary, have you ever voted in person on election day? Oh, I'll, only in person. Like, oh, you really? Know, oh. Yeah, I live very close, so um, it's very easy for me to go home. Which I know not everyone has that opportunity. Like I get to go home and in the comfort of my own town and vote. But yeah, it's really important that people are able to vote absentee because you know people live hours and hours away. Like yeah. you can't just leave in the middle of the week to go home and do that. So yeah. and even like I live in right. I said I live in Midland. Like that's not really that far. But for me, like, I don't drive, and so actually getting there on election day is like, I've just been an absentee gal, especially once you've done it once or twice. You're like, okay, I understand. The first time I remember I opened up the envelope, and I just, like, it was just, like, took up, like, half of my kitchen table. I was like, whoa, this is a lot of papers. But um, one, not as daunting as it seems, and so that's why we're here to highlight some deadlines. 
the deadline to request an absentee ballot in the state of Michigan. You can request one online, by mail, or in person. There's different deadlines for each. Online, please request an absentee ballot by Friday, November 4th at 5 p.m. Again, I would say that's pushing it. Please do not wait until that late to request one um, because election day is on the 8th. By the time they get your request, get it over to you, and then you fill it out if you don't mail it back right away, or even if you do, we love and trust the Postal Service, but you don't really want to add in that risk if you don't need to. Again, I don't really use the mail for a ton of stuff other than like random packages I'll get every once in a while. I don't know. When was the last time, Tori, you like wrote a letter with and like handwritten, wrote a letter and mailed it in? Um, somebody. my thank you cards for my high school graduation <laughs> so you know a few years ago and it, and it probably takes it just it can take a little bit of time depending you don't want it to get lost in the mail even though that's super rare again we're just trying to lessen the amount of risks we're taking in this process so while the deadline is friday november 4th most people you talk most people you talk to recommend you request one asap as soon as possible um, or even before the end of October, really, you should be requesting your absentee ballot. But the absolute deadline that the state says is requesting one online by November 4th. That's actually the same deadline to request one via mail. So again, if you're a mail person through and through, you can print off the paperwork, literally mail it into your clerk. They'll mail an absentee ballot back to you if that's more your speed. Um, but for that, they need to receive it by Friday, November 4th at 5 p.m. So sending it in before that date, before the 4th, um, the evening of the 4th, to make sure that they get it before then. Again, it's sort of a situation where it's a little bit tricky. I would not wait until that deadline. We recommend um, before the end of the month, before the end of October, or even October 25th or 24th as a deadline. You'll see a lot of people throw around as well. Um, so knowing that the real deadlines are being received or being done by the 4th at 5 p.m., but please do it before then. If you have the time, if you're listening to this, you can put this on in the background while you're doing it right now. And then in person, you can also request an absentee ballot in person at your local clerk's office um, until Monday, November 7th. So the day before the election at 4 p.m. Again, that's sort of something where you'd probably request one in person and fill it out and hand it right back to them. Um, but you can also take it and then mail it in later. So I guess is absentee voting something you've ever considered or it's just not really... It's just not been a thing for you. Yeah, um, I, I've never even considered it. Like I said, I can just go home. Um, but I I guess I would also find it kind of daunting. Like, why am I going to go through all this paperwork? Yeah. Like, I would be worried about that, like, in comparison to just, like, walking in and doing it. So, I mean, it's it's nice to know, like, like even hearing you talk about it right now, it's, it's a good refresher. Like, it's not that yeah. scary. <laughs> like, it's not... <laughs> I don't know, even someone who's like, you know, fired up about voting, it's, it can still be daunting sometimes, but like, definitely, you know, listen to the people who know what they're talking about, because yeah. they, uh, you know, they will tell you it's not that I hard. I like, we're the inverse of each other, where I'm like, I've only voted in person like once, and I think it was like, a, it must have been a primary, primary or something in the summer, because I remember there was like no one in there. And it was like my old elementary school. And I, I was like afraid <laughs> to vote in person. And so now absentees are my thing. And you're sort of the inverse of that, where like you always vote in person and absentees a little daunting. Yeah. Because it's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you got options, baby. Yeah. The same you got options. So with the absentee ballot deadlines on top of that, the deadline to return the ballot. So we just talked about the re request deadlines. 
Put the deadlines to return an absentee ballot all completed, filled out, good to go. You voted. You're ready to just give your answers. Basically, you're done with the test. You're good. Um, it needs to be received by no matter what form. It needs to be received by Tuesday, November 8th at 8 p.m. And that can be as well as in person if you're registered, right? Maybe back to the registration point. If you forgot to register, you're like, oh, shoot, it's election day. It's November 8th. You go to your city clerk, even at like 7 p.m., you get in there. You might have to wait in line, but stay in line um, in the state of Michigan. As long as you're in line um, before 8 p.m., you should legally be allowed to vote. So you go in line, you request your absentee ballot, you register right there in person with her or him or whoever your clerk is, and then you can hand it right back into them as long as it's by 8 p.m. So those are the deadlines of absentee ballots. Again, I think they're really daunting, especially because since um, literally like closing up a mailbox and sending something in is not um, people especially are familiar with. Like we don't have pen pals anymore. We don't really <laughs> do that. Like Tori said, if you haven't sent <laughs> handwritten thank you invites since your graduation party, which totally valid. Um, it can seem a little daunting, but just knowing that 8 p.m. on election day is that deadline to return your completed absentee ballot. So with all of those deadlines being said, there are also some sort of misconceptions I want to touch on really quickly that come with registering or voting or just things that I know I've heard young people, CMU college students say. Um, and even again, as Tori and I have touched on, we've had our own fair share of misconceptions and fears around voting. So like these are really valid concerns that we hear a lot and we hear them a lot for really good reason. That doesn't mean they're true, but there are definitely things you hear floating around. So a lot of people think that you need an ID to vote in the state of Michigan, especially you'll hear so much conversation lately around um, ID and voting laws um, all across the country and all across the state as well. But currently, an ID is not required to vote in the state of Michigan. I think that's really important to highlight on. Um, if you vote in person, you'll probably be asked for a photo ID, though. So that, as soon as I say that, you might be like, um, I'm sorry, what? Like, you literally <laughs> just said you don't need an ID. And then you just said you're also going to be asked for one. Yes, those two things can coexist. So if you vote in person, you will be asked to show a photo ID. So if you have one with you, I'd recommend right show it if you have it. Um, but any other valid forms of ID can count for this. So it might not just be your driver's license, if that's the first thing you think of. Um, but your driver's license totally does count. Same with uh, um, Michigan ID. I know that's what I normally use. Um, as long as you have something like that, like even a passport or a military ID with a photo or a student ID with a photo from high school or an institution. So your CMU ID would totally count too. Um, or fire up. Fire <laughs> up. Yeah, you could be like, you know what? I have my state ID, but you know what I want to use today? Fire up chips. Look at my central <laughs> card. If you have it on your phone now, sorry, y'all. I don't think that counts. You need that physical card to show. <laughs> Do you have the central on your phone? No, I have it. Um, I still have the card. So and that's card that's too. good to know, though. I I mean, a lot of people have changed to their phone. So it's yeah. good to know that you probably can't use that. Yeah. So even though you want to show your school spirit, if you got that phone version, I would much recommend you use some, for some other form of tangible card ID you have. Um, so there's a ton of options with that. Even if you have a current tribal ID card with a photo, that can count. Um, or a driver's license from another state, that totally counts too. Same with a personal ID from another state. So you have lots of options for a photo ID. Um, so you'll be asked to show one. Show it if you have it. But if you do not have a valid ID, as I said, you do not need one to vote in the state of Michigan. So do not think, oh my God, they asked me for an ID and I don't have one. Like, I'm going to turn around and leave right now. Like, <laughs> no. 
you have a lot of options, but if you do not have any of those forms of ID that I just mentioned, um, or even just forget them with you. So if you don't have one in the first place, but you're like, oh, shoot, I came in here, I was ready to vote, and I just like left my wallet at home, um, you can still vote. Um, you can just vote like any other voter. It'll look exactly the same. Nothing will be penalized for you not having an ID. There's no punishment at all. All you have to do is probably sign an affidavit. And so that's just something that they'll ask you to sign once you say, don't have my ID with me or don't have an ID right now. Um, an affidavit is just you basically pinky promising to the government that you are who you say you are. Um, and I think that could be a whole conversation, started a whole conversation about voter fraud and all of the concerns around voting, um, which we're not going to touch on in today's episode. Um, but just know that voter ID is not something that is directly tied to elections being secure. So the fact that Michigan doesn't have a voter ID law is probably actually a good thing, I'd say, in my personal opinion. I think it helps um, reduce voter suppression and everything that comes with that. So just know that it can be a little tricky if you're asked for an ID to say no, that you don't have one. Um, you're totally within your rights to say no and sign an affidavit instead. Yeah, that's why it's important to know this information because, like, I mean, it can be really intimidating going in there. And if they're busy, they're kind of, like, having a long day. They might just not sit there and, like, oh, you can use your student ID. Oh, mm -hmm. you can use this. Like, if the, if you say, like, oh, I don't have my, like, driver's license, and they're, like, okay, and you're, like, okay, I'm just going to leave then. Like, that, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that'll that really disadvantage you yeah. and, you know, your voting say. So I'm totally one of those people where if someone was, like, I needed to see an ID and I like forgot one, I'd be, like, I'm immediately yeah. leaving. I am never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I tried it. I'm done. Um, I'm definitely a non-confrontational in that way with authority where if someone was like, show me your ID. Oh my God, I don't have it. Like, <laughs> never voting again. <laughs> so advocate for yourself when yes. you get there. This is like a message in like self-love and confidence. Yeah. Like stand up for yourself. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So just saying, um, signing affidavit and that's not like a scary document no one will come after you about that that's literally I think that's the best way to say it it's your pinky promising with the government that you are who you say you are um, and you just don't have an ID on you at the time some other concerns other than IDs um, and misconceptions with that um, a lot of young people these are especially student concerns so if you've had these thoughts before you are not alone they're super super common concerns um, a lot of people worry that their federal financial aid may be affected when they register to vote. So no matter where you register to vote, it will not affect your federal financial aid, things like Pell Grants, Perkins or Stafford loans, or any dependency status on any of your financial aid at the federal level. Um, do not worry about that being affected by your voter registration. Just register wherever is the best fit for you if you're a residence there, resident there. So I promise you it will not affect your financial aid, um, which is a really valid concern and like that's a huge issue for young people. Um, I know I never I never really had these concerns, but I also mm -hmm. feel like I was so out of the loop when it came to voting the first couple times I voted. Like, oh, how yeah. times have changed. But I don't know if I if I heard that, I would be so worried because, like, you know, a lot of people can't afford college if they don't mm -hmm. have all this like financial aid. So, like, I don't know if I can see if someone's like really anxious about it, like they're banking on this, like, you know, the mm -hmm. student loans or whatever your um, financial aid you're getting. Like, not even, like, wanting to look into it because you're like, yeah. I'm not even going to risk it. I'm not like, going to mess with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes. Promise you, say it one more time. Your federal financial aid is not affected by where you register to vote. Same with your status as a dependent on your parents' taxes. Shout out to all my dependents on Ooh. their parents' taxes. Ooh, dependents <laughs> in the house. Um, 
being registered to vote at a different address from your parents' house does not prevent them from claiming you as dependent on their taxes. I know that, like, that could be another real concern that, like, it'll cause tension with your family or, like, something could go wrong with your taxes, and that is just not the case. Um, Being registered to vote at a different address does not affect them claiming you in any way, so do not worry about that as well. Or if your parents are worried, um, feel free to tell them that that is actually not something they need to be worried about. Um, Same with tuition status. Your tuition status, um, so being deemed as an out-of-state for tuition purposes does not prevent you from choosing to register to vote in your campus community. And I know that's something where you're like, "Um, I'm out of state. If I literally register in the state, isn't that me saying I live in the state and therefore I'm not an out-of-state student? No, that is not actually how that works. Your tuition status as an out-of-state student does not affect it. Um, Even if you're voting with some form of ID that identifies you as, say, a CMU student, being out of state um, in your tuition will not be affected by where you choose to register, which is good. I think that's a big thing for students because, like, your voter registration seems to be so directly tied, right, to who you are, and that affects where you vote and even what you vote for. But your tuition will not be affected. We love keeping our money. (laughs) Um. Those are my main concerns. Do you can you think of any other like misconceptions or misinformation you've maybe heard around voting? Or do you think a lot of people are just like totally checked out or are they tuned in even? Yeah. So um, whenever like people say that they don't vote, it's usually that they say like, oh, I'm just not interested in politics. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know this is something we've talked about before um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, not everything is super political on ballots like funding for schools like that's not like a side of the aisle kind of thing that's just like a community thing so like what you know what else could be on there that's not you know super Mm -hmm. like it's the president or the governor yeah yeah. you vote red or blue yeah all you care about you must live and die by a political party which like that's its own problems right in our federal Mm -hmm. government system or even state and local level too that like people feel like they need to identify with the party and that's a whole other thing like voting Mm -hmm. is so much more than just red and blue candidates Mm -hmm. um so that's sort of what we're going to touch on great segue Tori (laughs) (laughs) moving on to sort of our last point hopefully we've given you a bunch of deadlines and id requirements and debunked any really common misconceptions that college students have um the last thing we want to touch on that we sort of mentioned at the top of the episode is connecting this back to cmu specifically right we do voting baby we do (laughs) um And a lot of people just think that, like, I'm here to go to class, maybe work on campus, maybe join a club or two, join Greek life or something. Um, Why are you talking about voting to me so much? I'm here to get my education and anything that comes with that. And, like, that's all. Like, have you do you think you've heard that as well? Or do you think that's part of the narrative with students just not being political? I Yeah, I think it kind of has to do with that. Like, yeah, you're just here to get your education. You're like, I don't have time. I don't have the mental capacity for anything else. Like, I don't. I can't get involved in this. Like, yeah. Which is like part of me wants to be like, you know, valid. Yeah. We are busy people. The co- college students I deal with are the busiest people I've ever met. Um, but I would say like little stuff like this, you throw on our podcast in the background while you're working on your homework or something, right? Like you could be an educated voter. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're you're going to school too to, you know, ensure your future, like whatever you're getting your degree in. And, you know voting right now affects your future when you get out of college so i think that's another important thing like Mm -hmm. it's not just a here and now thing it's you know four years from now like Mm -hmm. when you're graduated like it's still going to be affecting you so 
outside of being a college student. Absolutely. So that builds on what I want to talk about with CMU's mission statement specifically and really seeking to tie that into voting directly, which I promise you it's not hard to do. Um, I don't know if everyone is familiar with CMU's mission statement, so I'm going to read it in full. It's just a couple sentences. This is found directly on the university's website, and you'll probably see it all over other places, too. I know we talk about it at um, orientation. Um, it says CMU's mission state is as follows. At Central Michigan University, we are a community committed to the pursuit of knowledge, wisdom, discovery, and creativity. We provide student-centered education and foster personal and intellectual growth to prepare students for productive careers, meaningful lives, and responsible citizenship in a global society. What does that statement make you feel, Tori? <laughs> it's very heavy sounding, very yeah. like grand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... The pursuit of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Like you, like you said, some people might think it's kind of hard to tie in, like, with, you know, what we're doing, because it does seem kind of grand, and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to classes. Um, but I mean, like I said earlier, this is kind of your future you're affecting, so mm-hmm. I, I can definitely uh, I can definitely see that. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to touch on the second sentence of this mission statement that they provide student-centered education and foster personal and intellectual growth to prepare students for. And these are the three main things that I personally feel, and I hope you all agree, and I feel like you'll agree too, Tori, that we're going to sort of talk about, is that CMU says that they will prepare students for, quote, productive careers, that's one, meaningful lives, two, and responsible citizenship in a global society. And I think all of those three things that CMU is seeking to have us do um, are directly tied to voting and civic engagement. So this is, I guess, this is my master <laughs> thesis. This is my life's work. No, this is my... As an uh, English major, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, absolutely love for the English majors in the house. Um, is that the first is being, CMU says that their mission is to prepare us as students for productive careers. And so how does that tie into voting? Well, as you sort of touched on with English, like, it may not seem like it's something inherently political, but when you're voting, like your field of study directly ties into the things that are on the ballot. Or is there anything that comes to mind automatically that you see as a future teacher, right? That like mm-hmm. will be on the ballot for you. Yeah, definitely. So if you've been following anything having to do with education in the past <laughs> few years, uh, big teacher shortage. And a lot of it is having to do with the fact that teachers are not properly like their classrooms are not pro- like properly being funded. Um, mm-hmm. So, and a lot of that stress kind of builds up. So, like I mentioned before, funding for educational programs, that's something you'll find on like any local ballot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, making sure you like, I don't know. So that's, that's one that's really important to yeah. me that people kind of don't see as um, anything super important. Like I remember there was one on the very first uh, election I voted on was, um, more money for special education programs in the local school. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to vote in favor of that because that's something I'm passionate about. And that's something that's like making a direct change in your community. Um, So, you know, as a future teacher, I think stuff like that is really important to pay attention to on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Like that's a great reason to be, you know, registered to vote and, you know, show up and vote. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's just like your personal. Yeah. Yeah. Which like absolutely totally agree. Um, and think that's a really great, like, case study. But I also think there's power in saying that, like, no matter what guest and what field of study, yeah. I'm positive we could find something that I'm like, this is going to be on the ballot in the next five years in some way. Mm-hmm. 
I think teaching is such a great example because I think that's something that people are like, oh, well, like, school isn't political. Like, <laughs> yeah. like stuff like snow days. Yeah, like, snow days. Like, do does my classroom have pencils in it? Because I have enough money to go buy a pack of pencils. Like, yeah, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that, like, literally affects – and, like, think about it. Like, I, I was grateful to go to public schools that were very well-funded. Um, but, like, that was – it, it was just such a privilege to not not worry about like having an extra pen if I lost one that day, like mm-hmm. having teachers that could provide that for me like that dramatically will impact pretty much mm-hmm. a, an entire student's life, yeah. like little things like that that are on the ballot that maybe don't feel so big and don't feel political. But mm-hmm. once you scale it up and look at the amount of people it's going to affect, it's mm-hmm. astronomical, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. With the productive careers, right? See, I mean, we're going to prepare our students for productive careers. So that's just one example. Obviously, I'm political science, so I don't really need to explain how voting directly ties into me having a productive career, um, even yeah. though I don't seek to, like, run for office or anything. Yeah. Like, um, working in nonprofit space, working in the civic engagement space, like, voting is a, a duh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just want to say, like, my experience with central votes, a lot of people in central votes are uh, poli-sci majors mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not. So uh, it's like an interesting dichotomy because obviously everyone there, you know, loves voting, <laughs> loves political science. And um, I think it's important to remember, you know, you don't have to be like a poli-sci major to care to about like politics. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to be super like super involved. Like this is my passion for it, to, like for you to know it affects your life and that you can have an impact on it absolutely that's so i'm so glad you said that because i think true myself and central votes like we a lot of our members can just get so lost in the sauce (laughs) if you will of politics and government and like this is our lifeblood and like it is also just like a tool for everyday people and if we lose Mm -hmm. that sometimes that can be a big problem um other things i just want to touch on quickly too with productive careers and the idea of having a productive career i know tori said it and i think it's super important to mention again that like the things you're voting on now might not feel like they affect you now as a college student but as you enter the workforce become an adult graduate move on from this university there's lots of things that you could be voting on now that are going to affect you one day probably everything from unemployment benefits to labor laws even Things like the workforce development, like worker training or um, retraining programs, same with professional certification, anything like that, like funding like that is directly from the government and might be voted on. Even things like immigration, infrastructure, those are two really big hot button issues that a lot of people see as violently or inherently political, Um, sort of like who is working and how they're able to work, even like maintaining roads how you get to work one day, how you attend your career and make it happen. You might not be working directly for any of these things, but they're going to affect you in little ways every single day. Even things like tariffs, shout out to any business majors listening. (laughs) Um, I know sometimes I hear a lot from students who are in, as you said, fields of study that really feel super disconnected from this, that like it doesn't affect them. But everything we talk about with inflation and infrastructure and tariffs and all of that is directly tied to business and the for-profit mm-hmm. um, space for sure do you have any other points on voting being voting or even civic engagement broadly being tied to feeling like you have a productive career it's a bit of a philosophical yeah, question it's a heavy question <laughs> i guess i don't know if this is necessarily the answer you're looking for like career-wise but mm-hmm. um with the idea that, like, you would feel this, like, disconnect, um, you know, 
anything that you can think of that the government does, like that's what you're voting on. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, let me collect my thoughts. (laughs) No, you can think, I think that's, I wasn't seeking any sort of answer, but I think that's a super great answer, right? Is that like, it affects you in so many ways, ways you maybe don't even know now. And I think the idea mm-hmm. that I know where my thoughts okay, are go, going. Go. The government works for you. Yes. So you're the one who's making these decisions for the government, not the other way around. Yeah. And I know some people might not see it that way, but you know. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get across, I think. So like, yeah. you know, feeling that like you're being productive in your community because you're voting and you're mm-hmm. making the decisions that affect, you know, everyone in your community mm-hmm. because you um you and everyone around you are the deciding like vote in the government Mm -hmm. basically (laughs) yeah and i think like maybe people listening to this could say like well i'm gonna have a career no matter what like maybe they're not worried about funding being cut or them being deeply deeply connected or affected by voting but like the idea that cmu is going to prepare us for productive careers Mm -hmm. as meaning like we'll have the most meaningful well-intentioned impactful careers we can like we will be agents of change in our societies through our careers I think like voting will ensure once we're voting on issues that we feel connected to in our sort of professional spaces, like we are ensuring that we are having more productive careers by being voters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the three parts of our mission statement. The second we've sort of touched on a little bit already is having meaningful lives. So CMU wants us to have meaningful lives. So more than just being you know, work at nine to fives, like the last point, like they want us to have meaningful lives wholeheartedly. And I think a big part of that is sort of civic engagement at large. Like, why is this so important that we are feeling connected to communities via voting? Um, And I think that that's something that's just really powerful in the fact that you're able to vote for yourself, right? As we just talked about, you're able to vote for your own like monetary interests. in terms of your career, but also you're able to vote for people that can't vote that are too young or aren't eligible for certain reasons. Like, I think there's a lot of power that can come from power in meaning, right? That can come into your life from voting. Would you agree? Would you think that, I mean, you said you're someone that um, it was never a question that you were going to vote. So is that something that like, it is just a really meaningful action for you? Yeah. So I mean, I feel like growing up, I always heard uh, you're like your vote matters. You know, mm-hmm. that's a phrase everyone hears. And I know a lot of people like when they get to this age, they're like, you know, my vote doesn't actually matter because yeah. things are happening even if I vote against them. But um, I mean, I think it's just been so ingrained in me that, you know, it it does count like you can't just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, we kind of touched on like voter fraud and stuff. But like um that kind of stuff it it doesn't happen to out like you know it doesn't outweigh your vote even if it does happen like your vote matters like no matter what's happening so I think I really like instilled that in myself so yeah I guess that's um that's why I kind of felt the Mm -hmm. need to do it um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and I know for me like I obviously I feel really I feel more deeply connected to my communities I feel like voting in general and being civically engaged allows me to listen to as many people in my community as possible like what do they feel even things from like the yard signs i see up it makes me even if i disagree with the yard sign whatever it is like Mm -hmm. i'm like people care about these issues and they're affected by them and even if it's 
even if it can sometimes like sow discontent within a community because we're butting heads and we're disagreeing on who's going to be on the school board or who's going to do what, um, how we're voting on whatever proposal. Like, I think that seeing people express their opinions in really genuine ways and like the most pure way they can is voting and being civically engaged is really it does add meaning to my life and I think it adds meaning to everybody's lives who do vote even if maybe they don't process that or feel it super I didn't even think about the whole like yard sign thing Mm -hmm. that is interesting because like you um I mean no matter who you are like you can tell a lot about someone who like based on who they're supporting or like what Mm -hmm. kind of thing they're supporting so even if it's not like something you necessarily agree with, like it starts a conversation. You're like, hey, this person supports this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you're saying, like it starts conversations within your community mm-hmm. so you can build it. And it's not just like someone's talking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or even for me, like I feel like it it, it makes me want to give people a lot of grace and mm-hmm. empathy because I'm like, what if I've like never seen you do anything political or I never even mm-hmm. like like some of my neighbors. I live in the suburbs through and through um, in a really older side of town. Um and some folks, like, I really don't see my neighbors a lot and don't see them put up yard signs. And if they do put up a yard sign or do something political or something that um, illustrates anything connected to voting, like, to me, I'm like, whoa, that makes me want to give them a lot of time and understanding because, like, this might be something that they're not super comfortable with or don't normally do. Mm-hmm. So it must be meaningful to them. And seeing voting be meaningful for other people makes me feel like it's meaningful, right? Like, even mm-hmm. if I'm somebody that's like, oh, screw this. Like, voting doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not political. Yeah. Like, seeing seeing people like Central Votes, like Central Civics, like so many other organizations that are doing voting on this campus, I think that proves that it, it does add meaning to your life. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people that care about it that even if you don't feel super connected to it, other people do. And that's powerful if you're in a community with them. Yeah. This is, like, all, yeah. like, I, I felt <laughs> sad, but, like... Like, wow, it's like feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, our third and final point from the CMU mission statement to try to fight for the cause that CMU should and does directly tie into voting is that CMU says in their mission statement that they want to prepare students um, for responsible citizenship in a global society. And I mean, could that be more directly <laughs> tied to voting? It's like I ghost wrote this mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> The idea, I guess, let me start here. What would you say a responsible citizen is for you? Oh, someone who, I guess, gives back to their community um, as much as they take from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, if someone supports you, you support them. So Mm -hmm. if there's an issue that's affecting you, um, not only do you have to, like, you have to support yourself, but then when you see, like, other people being affected by things, you support them as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess... Um, promoting equity. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a big part of being a responsible citizen. I think that's that, that, that's like the best answer. I literally have nothing to add <laughs> on top of defining responsible citizenship. And I think being part of a global society, obviously that's bigger than just national politics or voting at the local, state, or federal level. Um, but obviously, like, the things we're voting for at the federal level and even state level sometimes, like, we do not exist just within our little bubble of our country. Like the things we do at the federal level, especially are really influential in international government or policymaking. Again, tying it back to things that we talked about in the first point of a productive career, things like tariffs or infrastructure or immigration. um, Those are all really connected to having this global society that we're all a part of. Um, And I just think like voting is the most 
basic, but also one of the most powerful things you can do to be a responsible citizen. It is a lot of times people say voting is your right and your responsibility. And I think I agree with that. I think obviously certain people don't vote for certain reasons and that responsibility burden might not feel the same on every individual. Um, As we know, it's harder for some people to vote than others. But as a baseline, trying to vote and being civically engaged in that way, I feel like is the foundation for a responsible citizenship base. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And (laughs) I think definitely another important part is like educating yourself on uh, communities that aren't kind of present. And um, so you kind of know how your community is working, you know, local, state, you know, federal. Uh, So that you, I think that's another part, I guess, of being responsible is like knowing how your decisions are affecting others and knowing how other people's are affecting you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just, like, educating yourself, I think, is another part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, sure, you touched on it. It's, like, being responsible is that, to me, it's knowing that my vote affects me and my interests, um, but it also affects lots of other people, mm-hmm. and also me not voting would affect a lot of people, too. Yeah. Um, and so I think it goes back to the power behind a vote, which mm-hmm. we could sit here and talk about <laughs> all day. <laughs> but with that being said... Do you have any other points on CMU's mission statement, deadlines, anything we talked about? No, I think you covered it all very well, Katie. (laughs) Well, with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Central Rev. Tori, thank you so, so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. (laughs) I think we had a very giggly conversation, but we've known each other for a while, and I know we love this topic, and I think Mm -hmm. hopefully this gave you the baseline of knowledge that you feel connected to CMU and voting really do believe that we do voting and we do civic engagement and we do this for a reason at this university um, as well as feeling prepared with the basics of what you need to know as a student voter as a CMU chip that votes the deadlines you needed hopefully we're feeling good both right philosophically about why we're connected but also we have the basic knowledge we need so yeah and if you have any questions uh not to plug central votes no do it yeah (laughs) if you have any questions contact me tori you know katie anyone else on central votes any of the other voting like registration clubs or anything on campus if you know if you have any more questions if you want help getting registered so Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're here to help. I love yeah. that. Yes. It feels, I mean, it goes back to the mission statement, right? It goes yeah. back to the community. So thank you all so, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll catch you next week with another episode.